Boy, it's hot outside. Yes, it is. As it turns out, that makes it hot inside, too. Apparently, my house is just losing the fight against nature. The fight we won long ago, my house is just, it's not, it's not keeping up with that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the water is also finding its way indoors through the air. Yeah, it's like, you remember when central heat and air was invented? <laughs> well, apparently that was forgotten. I don't remember it ever getting this bad in the yes, 90s. Uh, somebody's not remembering their part of the deal. <laughs> Dang it, I tried to take a sip while you said that. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have a feeling I'm, I'm not going to have much to say. About the shows that we watched this week. It, it okay. seems like. I went, I have plenty to say about Back Arrow. Yes, there, there's. Uh, so Back Arrow and um, My Hero are actually the ones yes. that I have the most to say about. But the other two are that, like right in limbo right before their uh, finales. Yes, I was just about to say limbo as well. Uh, I mean, I, I think we should talk about Back Arrow first, because I think I have the most to say about that one. Yeah, and yeah, we can do that. Remind me, are we headed, is next week the finale for Back Arrow? <laughs> Gosh, Lord help. I think <laughs> that, I think that this episode was only episode 23. And it gets I, 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 25, I, is it? I, I could have sworn that we... Saw that it was twenty six. I, I we can probably never keep did. This and I just don't remember. <laughs> no, no, no. It's twenty four. So the next one is the last one. Oh man, everything is coming to a head this next episode. Uh, it's coming to an end, is what it is. This is the yeah, head. <laughs> next will be the end. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next week is going to be the finale of th- three of the four shows we're watching. Which I had an idea. I think mm-hmm. that means, uh, like, after that, like, the week following next week, what we should do is you go watch the premiere of two shows, and I'll watch the premiere of two other shows. So we can maybe get four potential ones looked at and, mm-hmm. you know, say what we think about them. Uh, that'll be, like, you know, almost like a an in-between episode because we won't know really where we're going for most of the runtime. We'll yeah. still have my hero, but that doesn't seem to be interested in being very engaging. Quick. Oh, yeah, that too. Because <laughs> there's not much to say. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> for back arrow, mm-hmm. my my pop off was uh, the kids talking about how bit got cocky. Yes, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. And I also really liked the way that Bit was using his newfound confidence. <laughs> yeah. To like help sway them. Also, mm-hmm. their names. Do you remember the kids' names? No. It was like Jim and Annie, and it was just like the oh, most oh, yeah, yeah. plain names. Well, <laughs> p- plain in that they were just like 
like generic common Western names. Right. While completely <laughs> sticking out like a sore thumb amongst like everyone else, including Brax. the other people from. Yeah. Well, including other people from Granite or uh, from Edger Village. Yeah. Like Athlete. Okay. <laughs> That's in a different universe. That is at least on the other side of the planet. Right. I don't know if they called them that before, but yeah, that was funny. <clears throat> uh, I, I had uh, a lot of moments that I just kind of wrote down because Back Arrow has entered what, what I think will now be called, because you coined this either last week or the week before. It has now entered the boogie zone. <laughs> you know, yes. it's like this is it is now it cannot uh, uh, divert the momentum. There is just momentum in everything that's happening now. It cannot stop the boogie. Yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> the uh, the the thing where. Um, oh, I can't remember who asked this. But it was where Rin is just crying. Yeah, I. It was Kai that asked it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Kai. Yeah. I also kind of noticed where it was like Kai got Rin as the wings and more or less has back arrow as his sword now. Yeah. That almost seems to be like that is the combined effort. The. When when they were doing the um the martial arrow, like Trinity martial arrow, yeah, that was my that that was my pop off like one hundred percent. I am that sold. Was, yeah, that was the hypest <laughs> part of the episode. That was that was the kind of thing where it's like, oh, this is our giga drill breaker. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. Okay, so like, there's some deep stuff. I could get into, mm -hmm. but I think I'm just, I'm really enjoying the pace of everything. Like this seems exactly how urgent it should feel this late in the show, which yeah. uh, is a nice contrast to some of the other things we're going to talk about later, but this feels mm -hmm. just about right, which is funny considering how for most of the show leading up to this point, I kind of felt like we should really be trying to go faster here. But like last week and this week, it's just like, oh, I guess if we have three episodes, we can kind of just get here if we need to, huh? Yeah, there, especially with like how slow we felt the show was going at the beginning, like and all the 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 plot points. I'm not so sure I thought it was slow on. in the beginning. It was just like that. It had a big middle where things yeah. just sort of feel like everything is up in the air. And when it starts to settle, it just goes right back up into the air. But I think as of like uh, last week, maybe even the week before that, mm -hmm. it's just kind of been focused on letting things settle and letting things fall into place. And that's been the most enjoyable. Yeah. This is like, this has been the best part of the show so far has been the way it's kind of uh, wrapping everything up. Yeah, and it's made everything leading up to this worth it. I'm not in so retro sure. In, in, I, in I retrospect, mean, which doesn't make it worth it in the moment. <laughs> yeah, 
I would have to say that Back Arrow is unfortunately probably a show that has lost a lot of people along the way. Yes. And uh, like the rating that I'm seeing have in other places, there's not a a lot of people excited about it, which is a shame. I think they took too long or maybe not that they took too long, just that they seem to focus on the wrong things to keep you interested until, you know, it it really got real. Yeah, because it didn't even feel like it was playing it close to the chest it was just no not at all like like it felt like it was it, it didn't feel like there was a big mystery that it was hiding from you because mm-hmm. it felt like there was some massive big twist every single episode right so it was like uh, it, it was almost like a monster of the week but yeah I, I don't know there, there was like completely world altering new information every single week. Also any, any time which has happened this in this episode we, ju- we just watched, which was uh episode 23 right. it happened again where they brought up the bird thing and it's just like, oh, this is still stupid. <laughs> this yeah, never stopped being stupid. Every the, time. <laughs> it's like Rudolph made us look like we were a bird. <laughs> And that, that's what set this all into motion. I did like that they brought him up because it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that was a good part amongst the mess that was the big middle. And now that I'm remembering it while I'm enjoying every moment, it's like, oh, yeah, that is good. I Yeah, but I don't think I could say that this was worth it. Or I don't think I could say it was worth exactly how much just malaise there was for most of the middle of the show. That being said, this has been great. This has felt like, you know, this kind of feels like everything's going really fast. Mm-hmm. But it's like if uh, Rise of Skywalker was an incoherent garbage. It's like there's a lot of... Stuff happening, a lot of things being revealed, a lot of like, okay, like like it's showing you the path where everything's going. And then uh, the part at the end where it's like basically the dark side of back arrow that they're going to fight. Like, yeah, that all feels good. It all feels right. Yes. And very, uh, I mean, like <laughs> the first thing that I thought of <laughs> when I saw that was just. The um, uh, nega Scott. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's a thing because it's a thing, right? <laughs> like you know, this is we're, we're fighting Dark Link before we're able to fight Ganon. Yeah, you, you <clears throat> gotta uh, face your shadow. Yeah, uh, Luke is going into the cave on Dagobah and and seeing himself in Darth Vader before he actually goes and fights Darth Vader. Right. Which I'm sure this this stuff is so good. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah. And it's like, this is, I like this formulaic stuff because it's a good formula. Right. Like, uh, you know, this is, it's the, (laughs) it's like all of these stories are the same. I'm like, there is only one story. It is the good one. (laughs) Like this, this is, um, Joseph Campbell's monomyth. Mm. And 
it's like now that it is now that it is obviously Joseph Campbell's monomyth. It's like, well, thank goodness it's about <laughs> freaking time. And uh, I, I did notice they kind of led with uh, the, the idea that they're going to try ha- to, to make peace first. And then Kai says, and if that doesn't work, we're going to kill it. <laughs> It's, yes, it is nice. It was nice to hear that they had come to a consensus that they were going to try talking first. Yeah, try reasoning first. But I do also like the dynamic that it's setting where it's like, yes, we're going to go fight the god of this universe. But it's from a perspective of, hey, we'd like not to. But if right. you don't want it, we won't give you peace. <laughs> what a freaking flex. <laughs> it's like, we'll show God mercy unless he doesn't want it. The uh, When the corkscrew thing was coming down from the sky and uh-huh. like, um, and Rudolph like came back and was like trying to protect it. I mm-hmm. loved the reasoning that uh, Shu went through is like, no, he's showing us that he it needs protecting. Yeah, I like I like how Rudolph is just like kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Like everything leading up to this, like you think, oh, Rudolph knows something we don't. But at this point, it's like, no, Rudolph is just immortal, and mm-hmm. he's just. <laughs> really full of himself and that has informed every decision and every method he has taken. Like all of this stuff has either felt needlessly indirect and complex mm-hmm. because I, I mean, clearly his uh, existence was not in danger at any point because every time they kill him, he'll just come back. Right. So like why go through all the behind the scenes trouble Leading up to this. <laughs> yeah. If you're not in a- actually in any danger, like you could just crush resistance immediately. But then like, like you see that he, he likes monologuing. He's got a bit of an ego. So it's like, Oh, he is doing the indirect stuff. Not because like he's trying to protect himself. He's doing it because he's dumb. <laughs> like verifiably an idiot. <laughs> like everything that had to do with, Oh, shoes having to outsmart Rudolph. It's like, no, I mean, Rudolph isn't giving any information out, but inevitably they were just going to outsmart Rudolph because nothing he's done has had any intelligence backing it up. Like he aggressively starts protecting that thing. And it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're on the right track. It's like in a video game where it's like, oh, there's enemies. I must be going the right way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you'll not get any closer to this thing. And it's like, what is that? I guess that's my next goal. I'm going to break that. I guess I should get closer. It's like, don't you dare. Don't you do it. It's like, dude, I don't even know what that is yet. But I now I know that I need to I need to destroy it somehow. At least try reverse psychology, man. <laughs> He's incapable of reverse psychology. His ego's too big. <clears throat> uh. 
I think it's funny how quickly Rudolph just became okay. But can you like get out of the way? <laughs> <laughs> You're just a nuisance. He, he really seemed like you know uh, uh, this this brilliant uh, megalomaniacal character, but now it's just like. Uh, he's kind of just like, it's like what happens in a a video game where you're fighting a boss and then it gets turned Mm -hmm. into a mini boss. Yeah. And it keeps showing up and it's like, get out of the way. We've already done this. Like you don't have any new tricks to show me. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming the next episode is also going to be loaded with story because it also seems like there's still a lot of stuff gone unanswered, even though so much has been answered. But it doesn't feel like we're going too fast in these last these last few. I am worried about how fast the final episode is going to be, though, because he's going to have to face Nega Scott. And then he's also going to have to face um, the the God, whatever the final threat is, whatever that may end up being. Yeah, it's going to be. This next episode is going to be jam packed. I almost wonder if f- fighting the 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 evil back arrow from the future, which I think what you're supposed to get from that is like back arrow is like, you know, they, they all just look the same. He's just a unit in this right. thing's uh, immune system. It's not actually him from the future, but uh, I wonder if that fight is going to be the final fight because if it turns out they can make peace with the uh the god of that world or whatever this might be the the like the finale fight that's true yeah that could very well happen and there would definitely be time to have like a big epic tussle in that mm-hmm. case but if it doesn't end up being that way and they fight him like with i don't know more than 10 minutes left in the runtime then it's like okay now this could go either way we might still be fighting this thing in some way i'm surprised how how little they've been able to like keep hidden about the the final boss's nature like what it's gonna look like its actual form or anything like that there's still a mm-hmm. mystery there while, you know, otherwise she would, you know, kind of just came back with the script synopsis in last <laughs> week's episode. And I was like, all right, here's how it's going to work. And it's like, oh, we just know now, I guess. Yeah. He, he learned the nature of the universe when he got raptured. Yeah. Save for that one part. Right. So we, we still have that mystery. Uh, not going to lie when it showed, when it showed, uh, like back arrows p- possible future the the antibody or whatever it was um the uh the first thought that i had was the new prime minister of uh Rekka. i was like wait what huh. <laughs> yeah they had uh, similar <laughs> facial hair right it was like how did this guy get out here did he did he betray us and they're like look at his hair and i was like ah oh, that's back arrow <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, if someone has similar facial hair, I just assume it's the same person. Right. That's that's how I live my life. It's like a goatee. Is this Heisenberg from the hit show Breaking Bad? Yeah. Why why memorize faces when I could just memorize facial hair? 
It's far more accurate. Far more distinct, you know. <laughs> I will say that the thing that really brought together my uh, uh, gentle criminal costume from uh, last Halloween was the mm-hmm. facial hair. That was kind <laughs> of the thing that really made it work. Yeah. There, so, I mean, uh, there we are, are correct characters. Yes. This bit is now reality. I have changed <laughs> my mind. It is no longer a joke. <laughs> it's like it started as a joke, but I have now uncovered the very code of this universe. <laughs> so uh, we could talk about some kind of um, some of the, the DNA of this whole thing. Because I'm okay. noticing in Imaishi's uh, villains, there tends to be either like, uh, let's see. So so when he has like a sort of uh, avatar of certain villainous qualities, like he does a lot of those where it's like this villain it has like this reason for being evil. And yeah. that like informs their entirety. Rudolph has kind of gone all over the place for his. Like at one point, I actually think Rudolph's motiv- motivation was like the glory of war. But like that feels like so many lifetimes ago and different characters ago that it's like that doesn't apply yeah. to the Rudolph we were just having a conflict with. Like that wasn't someone who, you know, that wasn't a neocon. <laughs> that wasn't like a Warhawk where it was like, this is, you know, th- th- this is like the greatest purpose. It's like, you know, everyone wants to be a soldier in some great battle. He totally would have yeah. been that character previously. And, you know, he, he was sort of uh, a kindred spirit with Zetsu, but on the Luto side. Gosh, this feels so long ago. Yeah, but, um, I'm like trying to remember all of that because we are so far away from that now. <laughs> Because remember, he, he was like talking about how like peacetime is boring and it's like it, it's time for Luto and Rekka to stop the this long peace and really go to war. Yeah. And the the other thing, like, I mean, the only thing that I would think of now that is still the same that would inform that was the um, the conviction particles that when people die, it goes up to the God or whatever. Um. So it's like that is the yeah. only part that that kind of like threads them together. <laughs> right. So like that was a, a role he was playing where it was like, we need to give God nourishment. So we need a big old war. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now his, the thing he's an avatar for, which is one of Imaiji's favorites, is the idea that like struggling against fate <laughs> is pointless. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's like it's like you are going to die so striving is pointless which right. is funny because 99.9% of uh, people who say that don't believe it because they literally couldn't get up in the morning if they believed that yeah but <laughs> it's like once you once you give into that ideology it's like now you can't do anything well to give into that ideology is to commit suicide. Like that is the only consistent way that you can right. actually hold that belief system. But lots of people supposedly hold it just because it's kind of a comforting lie 
to be like, okay, well, if I don't try, all of this Mm -hmm. is going to end eventually anyway. So in the moment, I get to not try. I get to be lazy. I get to, you know, just say, oh, well, I mean, in the end, it's not really going to matter. So uh, I don't have to do anything right now. Yeah. But it's inconsistent. You know, you're having to accept it halfway because to accept it all the way would be to end yourself because it's like, well, if it's all really insignificant, then simply surviving any longer is insignificant and pointless. But yeah, this does seem to consistently come up with uh, like Imaishi's like late game villains. So like they go from. Like he'll often have some sort of organized religion villain early on, which is almost like the opposite of the late game villain where it's like everything matters and like crossing all your T's and dotting your I's and like doing anything out of line is like worst case scenario because, you know, all, all of this, all of this stuff is super important. And then you get the flip side later with the major villains so it's like nihilism in the hierarchy of of, of the bad guys is always like cl- much closer to the big bad. Yeah. And uh, that I mean, that's where Rudolph is now. Like he starts monologuing about how, you know, he, he's really like concerned with the insign- their insignificance while they are showing themselves to be a real threat yeah they're 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 literally proving that they are worthy of being destroyed and he's saying that they are insignificant it's like these these two things don't line up that's a great way of putting it i i like putting it that way because it's like them being worthy of being destroyed means that whatever they're doing whether positive or negative they have like this is meaningful what they're right. doing like this is significant if you're worthy of being destroyed yeah it's like i'm either a threat <clears throat> or i'm not yeah and i mean uh not to say that significance itself is a good thing uh <laughs> you you could argue that's much worse or much worse than a nihilist mm. uh in plenty of cases cuz i mean you know that's that's you know columbine is the, mm. that's them going from, you know, uh, the rock bottom nobodies to becoming very significant. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, a lot of the times that is the reason someone gets there is because they've been pounded and pounded down with their insignificance. Well, like, uh, I guess the, the realization and then acceptance of their, insignificance and them deciding well i don't want to be insignificant so i'll go figure out some surefire way of becoming significant yeah uh, and it's a resentful way of doing it there yeah because then it, it it drives to do heinous things right and it's also self-defeating where mm-hmm. it's like that is that is you now becoming anti-nihilist because you've identified the opposite like you've you've uh what is it um the the inversion what it what god dang it i can't remember the the sentence but it's like the inverse (laughs) reaffirms like the truth 
where it's like mm-hmm. some villain going for, you know, this, this nothing matters and it'll all, it'll all be pointless in the end. Like your struggles are useless. That is literally affirming everything the hero does. Like whatever the opposite of what you says or of what you say. Yeah. I mean, it, again, if we're, if we're taking it back to Rudolph, like, him standing in front of the Rakuo or whatever it's called. I can never, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, whatever. Um, and him well, saying, y- like, you're doing a W noise when they're at H. So, oh, okay. It's Rakuho. Rakuho, okay. But when they when called it standing, something else, did you notice that? The subtitles called it something else they once. They did. It was the, uh, oh gosh. I remember being I was like, like, "Is it? Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, it was like, "Is this an inconsistent translation?" It was kind of like, uh, "So w- when Kill a Kill was coming out, we we had to only like the only thing we had was fan subs. So like, mm-hmm. w- there were like some different fan subs that they were being released, and one of them called them Kamui, and another one translated them all the way to English and called them God Robes." And it was like, was that what was happening? Did it like, did it stop calling it Rakuho and translate it all the way literally to English and and call it, I don't remember what it was, but for like one line, one bit in the subtitles, they called it something different. And I was like, wait, what, what is that? Is it's just the Rakuho. That's what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. This thing that they've been calling the same thing for the entire show, (laughs) which I don't know what that means, but it's like, if it means it's supposed to mean something to me, then Hey, I, maybe I'd prefer that other translation but anyway you you were saying yeah i I was saying like i mean talking about the inverse uh informing the truth it's like when 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 rudolph is just standing in front of the rakuho and he's like you know saying that it can't be stopped but i'm going to protect it (laughs) yeah it's like it can't be stopped but i'm going to point a gun at you (laughs) and it's like (laughs) well i mean you kind of drop in the mask, homeboy. <laughs> like, uh. if if it would be one thing if he just, like, stood by and watched it happen, that's mm-hmm. way more desperate. That's way more intimidating. Yes. Because that informs <laughs> hopelessness. Yes. Or it's like, I don't have to stop you. What you're doing is pointless. But it's like, if you're trying to convince me that what I'm doing is futile then that is going to end. If you're trying to show, tell me that what I'm doing is futile, even though I'm seeing some fruits from it. Like literally calling out struggle (laughs) and like striving as pointless while he himself struggles and strives against you. Yeah. Rudolph is an idiot. He can't even bluff right. Like, it's like he could have bluffed because he keeps getting shocked whenever they're successful. <laughs> so, like, right. you could have the shock of them like, whoa, they actually did it while letting him. I mean, it could be a bluff if he knows better or if he doesn't know better. Like, <laughs> like he just stands by thinking he knows better, like just not even stopping them. <laughs> like, at, the, at this point, the wide eyed moment. Yes. <laughs> like at this point that would make more sense, but like he's actively trying to harass them. Yeah. 
Like, he, he isn't even able to establish himself as the main conflict at this point, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, wow, Rudolph's really just been an idiot this whole time. Yeah, he, we're just reinforcing that he is dumb. Yes, he is a <laughs> he's an interestingly stupid villain. And it's it's not inconsistent with anything from before. Like everything from before was like he seems to know what he's talking about. He seems to know what he's doing, but like none of this is inconsistent with his actions in the past because now we all know that like he just seems to be like sort of like an antibody kind of like back arrow is supposed to be right like he, he is in the position to uh try and enforce god's will so like before the idea yeah was to like well make him go to war and enough of them will die in the process where it'll kind of reset this back and it'll you know continue to be stable it'll rein it back in yeah. right and maybe in in you know the layer of his ego would inform why he's doing it in such ways where it's like well cuz it'll look cool it'll be interesting which yeah. in itself is also uh establishing that striving has a point because if it isn't interesting I mean, I mean, if it isn't, if it's all pointless, there's no reason for it to be interesting. Right. Like that is what makes something interesting. It's like, oh, let's see where this goes. If you think that it all goes to nothing and it's all pointless, then nothing can really, you know, catch your attention. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no need to be interested. (laughs) I can't remember. Oh, oh, I do remember. It was, um, this channel called Micah, uh, Micah, the can't remember his name it's a youtube channel sometime i mean he talks about a lot of stuff not just anime but the only stuff i've really watched from him is anime mm-hmm. he did a video which i haven't watched because i'm trying to like make my way there in uh gundam it was like i want to say it was the most recent gundam uh okay. iron-blooded orphans if that's not the most recent then uh, okay don't at me lots of gundams <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about I, i'm like such a noob on gundam but uh the title of the video was how iron blooded orphans does the idiot protagonist, right? It's like Mm. this, this is, you know, the, um, the dense moron as your, you know, your, your bull in a China shop hero done really well. And I was like, okay, back arrow is the moron villain done well because Rudolph up to this point has remained like, like fun to hate. Yeah. Well, By the way, well, even it, being a, it, I just realized just how hard having the show being named after the main character is. Because <laughs> that just threw me off when you said oh, the back whoops. arrow. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, John back arrow being the main character. It's like if (laughs) it's like when like people used to think that Master Chief's name was Halo or Samus's name is Metroid. It's it's funny we assume that. Yeah, it's like uh, when Bruce Willis played Die Hard. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he's consistently like interesting as an idiot. Like these last right. few episodes, it was kind of funny to see him constantly fail. Like he, he's uh, gone from, I think the turning point was when uh, he, he like defeats Zetsu 
But then Zetsu, you know, gets the last laugh and gets that it won't be that easy, Rudolph. He gets that moment. Yeah. That was cool. And ever since then, uh, Rudolph has been kind of um, mini bossed. Uh, yes, he's been mini bossed because I, I was thinking the term was going to be um, neutered. But he's not been neutered. He's still Mm-mm. the same level of threat and maybe even more so. It's just that they've continued also rising in their threat. Right. So it's like he he's enough of an issue where he's slowing them down. Like it would be great if he wasn't here, but he's not going to stop them. Yeah, and it that that kind of brings up another interesting thing about, you know, uh it's kind of tangential to the inverse informing the truth. But it's like when when you start uh, fighting really, really hard, you're inevitably going to make your opposition stronger. And so if you continue fighting them, they're going to continue. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. There's there's a growth that (laughs) happens and he is he is spurring on that growth, not realizing it because he's 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 stupid. Yeah, I think that kind of uh, is relevant to why it's dangerous to fighting enemies that aren't there. Like mm. when, when you're when you're like railing against something that isn't there, you end up creating it. You end up creating enemies, a, and you're me- you're making enemies stronger. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a uh, self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> if the enemy's already there. Then, you right. know, f- f- fighting them, it's like, okay, well, they need they need to be, you know, fought, I guess. Yeah. But if if you would have just sat idly by and, and reinforced the fact that nothing matters and not gotten interested in it, they wouldn't have gotten strong enough to thwart it. Yeah. Like, if he didn't, if he wasn't trying to pull all these strings and get them into a large-scale conflict, I don't think they would have found each other. Yeah. To take him down. <laughs> like if he had just left him be, let peace remain, then uh, he wouldn't cr- have created this monster, which I think is is funny because it uh, is implied that while this does happen regularly, it's also regular that some of them, you know, just never have this conflict and they just go on being the, uh, the nutrition cattle. Yeah. So there are cases where it does work. Mm-hmm. The sort of, you know, we'll have this like uh, not not extinction level event, but this sort of reset where it's like reestablish the status quo because they're getting a bit uppity. It does work sometimes, which tells me Rudolph is particularly stupid and incompetent amongst <laughs> his fellow antibodies. It's like, Rudolph, you are almost literally the hero. Like you're the reason this is happening. Right. And. Mm, that's I I kind of wish they would win him over. Like I wish that he would have been. I don't know. I think he's too he, dumb. It's like I wish that he would not have known that the the Rakaho could be destroyed. And then when they do it, it's like it shakes his faith. Ah, uh, yeah, that would be cool. I I I, I you know clearly we might need a lot more uh, time right. to do that kind of arc. So like you know the the redemption of Rudolph. Might take a little bit more time. I also would say, like, having Rudolph as our ally at this point would feel kind of like, I mean, okay, if you want to tag along, but you're probably not going to be much of a help. 
you're kind of really stupid. <laughs> and also, like, his immortality, I'm sure, would be revoked once he started working against the system. That being right. said, we might actually learn that Back Arrow is immortal. Because, you know, he's also supposedly an antibody. So it's like y- you made these things, you know, uh, so powerful to help enforce your will that the second they turned against you, it's like, oh, well, now I can't freaking do anything about it. It's right. like, oopsie doopsie, the enemy got our nuclear codes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm having a good time. This is paced really well, like, uh it seems like all of the right beats are being hit at just the right time. And when I say just the right time, I don't mean in the moment. It's like, ah, yes, this should happen right now. It's like right before you think it should happen. Right. So like you're still being pulled along on the edge of your seat. Cause it's like, Oh, this is happening. And that feels just about right. It feels very refined, which is funny because the whole middle of the middle of the show did not feel refined at all. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, if that toying with the expectations that it gave us in the middle, I wonder if that's playing a part, because I, I also am having a really great time. And I'm I'm curious to see what a second watch through would be like, because the dub is now uh, starting on, like, I've, I've seen a couple episodes of the dub pop up. So, I wonder how the cast is. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so I feel so betrayed by Megalobox. I know. Oh my god. I almost like I, I don't want to love again. <laughs> like you mentioned the dub, and my first thought was, what's the point? <laughs> Why are we here? Why are we still here? <laughs> they recast Gearless Joe. But yeah. Of all of all the characters. Yeah. Anyway, we're not I even remember. talking about Nomad right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get there. Uh, we probably need to wrap it up on Back Arrow. That being said, I mean, like, I I have a lot less to say about the other stuff. So, yeah, you know, it might actually be hard to fill the rest of this next hour. Right. But, um, I think. Let's see. What what else do I feel like I could cover that I haven't? As far as like, I, I I think next week, maybe actually maybe not. Maybe next week we won't have much time to really reflect on Back Arrow. Which maybe in maybe the week after next we should like try to give the other stuff some room because having all three finales hit at once, yeah, that's that uh, might oof. actually be tough. So I guess for people who are expecting that next week, we might not actually be able to fit that in. Might not. We might need to take a couple weeks to to talk about the rest of the shows, and then maybe in the meantime, we'll be looking for other stuff to watch. Yeah, we might not have to do that. I mean, it might just be cut and dry, where it's like, I mean, I, I mean, this this was that, and that was fun. It might get to the point where it's like, you get to the point when talking about a show that has ended, where you've talked about the interesting stuff, and all that is left is gushing. Yeah, it, you know, that when, might you, happen when you with cover all, three. All, you cover all the meat as it goes, and then the end is just like, and it's now we dessert. get to sit satisfied, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, that could happen. But uh, with Back Arrow, I almost want to think that it has one more trick up its sleeve. Yeah, it's kind of shown us that it, it likes flipping the table. And but it I've, hasn't in a while. 
Yeah. It's almost like the table flip is that the last three episodes, it just dove like it was a a complete like whiplash back into what you would expect from right. Imaishi. Where he's right. like, he, he spends an entire show convincing you this isn't going to go the way you think it is. Mm-hmm. And then right when it's completely convinced you otherwise, it's now going to violently throw itself back into the other direction. Because the Trinity Martial Arrow moment, it was like, this is Imaishi to a T. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like, you know, you have the... Uh, the Giga Drill Breaker, and you have the, you know, the Seni Shositsu, the, uh, the uh, Life Fiber Sever, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the thing he likes doing. Like, <laughs> he likes building up that kind of final move, and then, like, adding on to it, adding extra layers. And yeah. it feels like we've already got that. Like, it's like, yeah, we're just, we're doing Gurren on after we spent... 21 episodes being not Gurren Lagann at all. Right. <laughs> I mean, you had the moment where, uh, uh, Fine, like, mm-hmm. what, what was it? When Shu was trying to, like, explain what happened in the moment, or he, he was almost, like, hypothesizing what had just happened with, like, the conviction particles, and she, like, interrupts him and was like, it was love. Yes, love. love is everything. <laughs> I was like, my God, this is Imaishi, just, like, aggressively right now. Yeah, like, I was like, that was that was one of the moments where I was just like, I, you know what? Yes, shut up, Shu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, uh, Shu gets to be wrong right now. <laughs> like, this is something Shu can't understand because you know it's kind of like, um, uh, it's it's like when people try to comprehend spiral power while Simone is using it. Yes. And it's like, nah, that, that's his manly fighting spirit. Just his determination. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that is pure will, which I think I might talk about this uh, if, you know, the finale goes a way that is satisfying, but maybe not particularly surprising. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of Imaishi stuff. I, uh, I don't know if he has read him necessarily. I mean, it's it's kind of Imaishi seems to kind of like to talk about the same kind of stuff. So maybe he has. But like, you know, with uh, Trigun, it seemed. Let's say very C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. But um, with Imaishi, he seems to really like Nietzsche. Like the kind of the will to power. Yeah. He seems to really like that kind of thing where it's like if all around you have completely lost hope, you know, if God is dead, then the only thing you have is your own will to, like, save the world. Right. It's like you you have to create your own values. You have to become, you know, superhuman. That seems to be the path that his stuff takes. Uh, And the fact that. He seems to be dogged in kind of staying on Nietzsche. It's like he's not going any further. This is his favorite. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, spreading the gospel, as it were. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Uber Boyo. 
Yes. Where it's like he sees all the other stuff. He sees the stuff that comes after uh, Nietzsche that are kind of reacting to and having Nietzsche in context, which I think I've moved on to. But he's like, yeah, but Nietzsche's really cool. And the thing is, he <laughs> really is. Like the answer being, it is up to you. That like is, that's a, it's mm. a really motivating message, right? Whereas, like, I feel like where I'm at now, you know, being old and boring is kind of the the trigun thing, where it's like you have to throw off that red coat because you cannot carry the sins of everyone. Yeah, it's like you have to accept what you can do. Like you have to accept your load. You you can't carry the weight of the world. And oh man, that was oh god about a back arrow. I'm sorry. I may have just inadvertently spoiled something. And the way you were reacting, I was like, oh no, oh no. But I don't think I did. The the people who've listened to some of the other uh, episodes and knew were just kind of like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. But yeah, I, I am totally lost. Good, good. That's preferable because <laughs> when you said, oh, my, I was like, oh, no, I just I just did it. I just completely spoiled something. But no, I didn't. OK, there's something we've talked about that is uh, very Nietzschean. And you haven't seen it yet. So, OK, I want to leave it there. Is anyway, it, you were actually going to okay. say something. Um, yeah, that was that was something that uh, Back Arrow said when Rudolph was like, "Have you not, or have you forgotten all the people that you've killed?" And he's like, "No, like I have not forgotten. In fact, it's that that's driving me forward." And when, oh, I we didn't even touch on this, but the forgiveness of the dead. Oh yeah. Oh, that like, was cool. Like when he was just like pleading with them and like i like i know that i killed you but let me protect the land that you fought for yeah that was cool and i like that was a man i i'm trying to remember i'm trying to think of something like more obviously comparable but it reminded me of when like the spiral king spirit is there fighting with uh team diger and at the end Mm mm-hmm where it's like he is long dead at that point. Yeah. But like the fact that like like the goal he was trying to achieve has now like manifested physical form again because Simone is like uh Simone is like living out what Spiral King wanted for the person who killed him. And Man, every time I imagine him, the Spiral King, just standing there with his arms crossed, I, yeah. I just, uh, whoo, I get covered in goosebumps and I get misty-eyed. I always think of the part <laughs> where it's just his severed head yelling at Simon, <laughs> like, Shimon, <laughs> Like, that's the part I think of with his, like, big, wild facial hair going in all the directions. We got to get around to that someday. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Uh, In fact, you go ahead. The thing that I was thinking of with the forgiveness of the dead and like, or or the aid of the dead was Lord of the Rings. When, um, when Aragorn gets the army of the, the ghost boys. Yes. 
God, one of the best scenes in Return of the King is when they come out of that ship. One of the best scenes in Lord of the Rings is Return of the King. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Return of the King kind of... Uh, I almost want to say I don't look forward to it as much as hmm. the other two. Because the Return of the King, as far as like having scenes that I like on their own, it has the least... Because a lot of it is just uh, wrapping everything up. Like, it's just the ending to everything else. And watching it on its own, I actually think is not very fun. Like, I think that's why you get a lot of people who will talk about, you know, watching one of the Star Wars movies. But when people talk about Lord of the Rings, they talk about the marathon. Yeah. Because Return it really of the King, is in that marathon. Yeah. Return of the King isn't very fun to watch on repeat. Like, if yeah. you're not watching uh, Fellowship and the Two Towers beforehand, ah, it's kind of just, you know, the uh, the chaser at the end of all that. Yeah. I mean, it's still fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm obviously not saying it's not quality. It's absolutely <laughs> masterful. But it's it's kind of... they are th- That trilogy is far greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. I'd say the one that is the most easy to watch repeatedly, like just on its own is fellowship of the ring, which is good because it's the first one when you realize I'm not going to be able to sit through all these today. Right. <laughs> these movies are long. When but you get I through the fellowship four hour the ring, extended. So. <laughs> right. And once you, once you go to the extended edition, there's no going back. No, there's not. It's like, you don't realize just how much is cut out. You do realize when you try to go back and it's right. like, Oh God, they cut that out, but I need it. <laughs> Especially the part where freaky, like Saruman's fate was not in the theatrical cut. Like, how did that get cut? I, I don't understand. You know what? How did I not care when I saw it in theaters? It was right? like, yeah, that was amazing. It was, that was the greatest trilogy of all time. We, we have a new champion, but then you like watch the extended edition and it's like, this is extremely important. <laughs> I don't remember super needing this in the moment, but I need it forever now. Anyway, we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> From back arrow, uh, which I mean, you know, that finishes up next week as well as two other things, including, I don't know. Do we want to talk about uh Dynazenon or Megalobox? Um, I don't have much to say about Dynazenon or Megalobox for that matter. They're both in well, that let's get limbo. Out of the way then. Yeah. Um, with Dynazenon, I I think that we're entering this place where it's like you know th- this whole time they've been talking about how kaiju are being spawned by emotion, um, and. And now, like it's the, almost, it's almost they're being fertilized by emotion because the seeds were always there, right? And in this episode, they established there are no more kaiju left. Yeah, that like the seeds are all gone, and yeah, and I'm um, that's something that I mean maybe we'll get more context uh, mm-hmm. in the finale, but that's something that I find really interesting. And and you f- you feel this sort of malaise with all the other characters, like the the hero characters, right. where they're some of them are kind of like, 
you can tell they've changed and they're now moving on. Like surprisingly, Koyomi is the most well adjusted to this now where it's like he's getting his resume and he's, he's finding his suit and, you know, he's kind of gone through this big event, this sort of big uh, uh, season in his life where he's now coming out different and better on the other side of it. Yeah. He's like, you know, I mean, I've fought Kaiju, you know, a, a job that shouldn't scare me anymore. <clears throat> and then, you know, with Chise, she kind of doesn't want it to end. And she doesn't want to have to go back to school. Right. Uh, with Yomagi and Manomi. Minami, yeah. Or Minami, yeah. Uh, they're kind of like in a sort of... Hmm. Like, they're not sure which direction this goes now. Because it's almost like, you know, we came to the end of the story and we didn't have our big romantic moment before the finale. So, oh, do do we have it at all now? Yeah. I... Is, it, is it going to actually happen? And then at the end, you know, it gets interrupted when you right. know, Yomiki goes for it. Because, of course, it does. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because this isn't the last episode. Yeah. I... Uh, I, I do feel like this show has ended like three times on its <laughs> way here. And yeah, it, it felt like it ended with the fireworks thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they didn't make it to the festival in time. It's like that could have been the ending. <laughs> and then last episode when they completely like when they broke out of the TV. <laughs> like, Which is just what it's going to be called, I guess. Yeah, it, it was like that. That was another end and maybe that could be summed up as like that episode was really well contained but so so that was kind of like we, we compared it to the lotus eaters but it was more like actually i don't remember was the lotus eaters the last thing before odysseus made at home i don't remember the order of the i don't events, remember i don't remember the order it kind either. of feels like we are now home we yeah. are we, we are back home but it's like now Odysseus has to like usurp the guy who usurped him while he was gone and he has yeah. to do it covertly. He has to it's prove like, that he is the rightful king. Yeah, it's like he's got to shoot the arrow. So it's like we're at that point where it's like, well, everything's back to normal. Almost. There's one more thing we have to do. Yeah. Or maybe it isn't like that's kind of a simple, you know, uh, victory lap that happens at the end of the Odyssey where it's like he's home and it's like, yeah, but you're not king. And it's like, OK, we'll see. Right. It's like the kind of man that came back is a giant of a man. Right. But like. With uh, Dinozenon, I it, it could go that way where it's like this is just, you know, we've established, you know, we, we are now changed people. Mm-hmm. But. The way things are going with Galma, it kind of feels like this might not end that way. Because he's in like a critically weakened state to the point where it just kind of felt like he's now withering away. Yeah. I I just, I, I guess I'm just at this point where it's like I just don't know what to think just yet. Like it's yeah, still... I guess. It's still yeah, at this really point we're just, just speculating. Yeah, it's just really is f- just fluid. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite line and the thing that I, I actually 
I, I can tell it's going to stick with me because I can remember the image mm-hmm. when it was said was uh, we fought kaiju and stuff, but it's the closest, but it's the closest to normal my life has ever been, which is what Minami was saying. Yeah. It was like that kind of big out of this world struggle was the first time she kind of felt like this is where I should be. Like, this is how things should be going right now. Yeah. That was interesting. And I liked that it, where it was like this uh, sort of th- th- this thing. I think this thing happens to a lot of people. And apparently this does happen a lot in Japan. That's why uh, in Japan, the pop culture, there's a lot of stories about high school because it kind of feels like that period is the last time things really felt exciting for a lot of people because they go hmm. from high school, which is uh, Japanese high schoolers have a lot more freedom than uh, American high school. Like just for example, like, you know, uh, in Japan, like sometimes you're already living on your own when you get into high school, you know, you hmm. have your own freedom. Uh, whereas in America, you're still very much in the system. Right. Like it's kind of, they reach their college season in high school. Like that's when we first really experience freedom is when we get into college Yeah, over here. So they get that a bit earlier. And I mean, with us, like it's comparable. It's like uh, college, you know, that was the kind of last really, you know, uh, uh, exciting period in a lot of people's lives. Cause after that they went and got a job. Right. And uh, stayed in that job until they died. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that comparison, you know, the the Japanese being or like anime being mostly high school and then with the US a lot of the movies that I've watched are just college area. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man 2 that yeah. is his college era. It's yeah. like Spider-Man 2 is the best of the Raimi films at least. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his life is so interesting, you know, uh, even when he's not Spider-Man, like he's a, a promising, uh, intellectual, you know, going to college, getting that knowledge. Everything's in flux in that college season. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of, he's at the, um, he's kind of in this flow state in mm-hmm. Spider-Man too. Which, I mean, the, the the kind of big turning point is when he gets violently knocked out of it. Right. Where it's like he, he can't he can't be Spider-Man because he's completely disoriented. But, uh, yeah. Um, now it feels like it's, it's ending for them. Like, the most interesting part of their life is now coming to an end. And Minami's, like, kind of uh, listful about it. Yeah. Or it's like, I don't really know what happens next, but I kind of liked what we were doing before. <clears throat> and that's the moment that Yomagi chooses to kind of be like, whoa, I got an idea of something we could do. There's some things that can continue and be yeah. exciting. It's like, well, we could just do what we were doing before, you know, without the kaiju. <laughs> It's kind of like uh, uh, the end of Scott Pilgrim, where it's like, after all that, it's like, well, I guess we can just date now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, I can't ever, I, I, I get dyslexia on this guy's name. The, the kaiju eugenicist that has the kaiju inside of him. 
which was uh-huh. really cool. I can't yeah. remember if it's Shizumu or Shimizu. It's one of those. I, I'm very dyslexic about that I name. I feel like it's Shimizu. That one sounds more c- correct, but I also am terrible uh, with names. So. It's, it's Shizumu. <laughs> Dang it. So none of the stuff we said was right. Anyway, um, him, him kind of feeling like he was different from the other ones definitely comes to a head here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a... The way they described it was, was there as a kaiju residing inside of him. But is that what it was? Or is he like anti where he was just a kaiju the whole time? Yeah, I'm. I'm no, I'm, wait. I'm, well, he did do an instance domination. Which anti doesn't have to do because anti anti isn't human at all. Hmm. So, yeah, no, it was kind of like there. There was a kaiju that was inside him that he's now activated. Which I mean, I, that's that's a theme. That's a thing. Yeah. The, I mean, especially with the, the ideas that or the idea that these things are fueled by your emotions and now you're pretty much just taking control of your emotions. Well, also the fact that this is something he kept hidden even from his allies because mm-hmm. they all thought that's it. We're done. Like there's, there's no more Kaiju. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that, that change, the instance domination where he turned it back on himself. It was mm-hmm. like, ooh, ooh, whoa. <laughs> that was a really cool thing that they had built up. I also like the idea of him dominating the kaiju inside of him. Mm-hmm. Like kind of making, what, what what's a, a word for that? Uh... So, like the theme of genies and genius, where it's like, if you when you have mm-hmm. a genie, you have your your wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people will have a genie and they don't know how to use it. Like mm-hmm. that, and that's where the word genius comes from. Is it's like, oh, you have this all powerful thing that can grant you wishes if you know how to use it right, if you know how to ask. So it's kind of like he's got this secret ingredient inside of him, which he up to this point hasn't used. But you get the feeling that there was a reason why he seemed to. He almost seemed to know something and no one else did. Like he knew he had this in the back pocket no matter what happened. Yeah, which makes I mean, me think, has he done this before? I mean, but like, also. He's, he's been saying all this time, like, there's been comparisons that he's made between him and the other kaiju eugenicists. Like, uh, just the simple one of, like, uh, real kaiju users don't sleep. Um, and, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's felt like he's a little more um, extreme than they are. Yeah. And, like, like he knows that. And it's it's like he can tell that like maybe there's something inside of all of them, but he's the only one who is in touch with it. It kind of makes me think that the other ones you get the kind of uh, you feel that they're kind of like lackeys, Mm -hmm. which we kind of got that uh, pretty early in the show where I was like, it feels like there's someone that must be above these guys. They just kind of feel like. They're following orders and they're 
not even doing it particularly well. They seem very disengaged. Yeah. Whereas Shizumu is almost like, you know, he's Lennon in this group. Mm-hmm. It's like he's different from them. Like he he is able or it's it's like either able and or capable of yeah. a lot more than the others are. And you can tell he knows that, but he's not flaunting it. Probably, you know, giving more credence to the fact that he's right. Right. Because, like, if he flaunted it, they probably couldn't even appreciate it. Appreciate or understand it. But, you know, amongst this faction of, you know, terrorists, more or less, you can tell uh, that one is worse than the other ones. Right. Like, that one is way more capable of much, much more than the other ones probably wouldn't even be aware of. Like he's the only one that didn't seem bothered or even threatened by Galma at any point. He also didn't seem bothered or threatened by the fact that there are no more kaiju. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, he was aware <laughs> well, of the kaiju inside of them, but it was just like there was this. Oh, you guys are giving up, but he's not. <laughs> Yeah, like like he he seemed maybe uh, not even amused mm-hmm. from like all of the events so far, and then you know when when that kaiju comes out, and I mean it's different from all of the other ones, noticeably it's, so. It's laughing that evil laugh. I wrote that down. I was like, man, that is a good old fashioned Super Nintendo laugh right there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was it's like very bit crushed and like bassy. Yeah. <laughs> also, that's coming from Shizumu. Like right. the one that seems to be the most reserved. And when he, you know, goes into kaiju mode, it's like maniacally laughing. And, and like that last shot where it's walking towards them and it's just inferno behind him. Yeah, that was an intense shot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like this one is... uh very different like and the other ones say for uh the i guess now second to last one they're all like really colorful Mm -hmm. and he's kind of just got this white and black color scheme white black and gold yes it's it's very uh how would you say he 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 looks like an officer Mm-hmm. Amongst the goofballs up to this point. Yeah, he's so it's like he's because I mean, it took on the same color scheme as their. Uniform. Their outfits, yeah, yeah, their uniforms, yeah, like I don't I don't, I don't know if it's going to be and once again, this is speculation, you know, <laughs> dead air, but I don't know if it's a thing where he is like the leader, like the, the not obvious leader, because also you remember he wasn't in that flashback. He wasn't in Gamma's flashback. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, he was a late addition. And I don't know if they're going to explain it. He could just be, you know, the mysterious element where it's like what we were talking about about earlier, where it's like you kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy of fighting enemies that aren't there will mm-hmm. make enemies fill that void. Mm-hmm. He He's kind of the reflex of that, where it's like you have a bunch of, you know, kids who are like, hey, let's start a gang. And like it's kind of incompetent and not really serious, but then someone joins who is serious 
and, and now it becomes something very different. Serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they immediately take it over. It's like, now I'm the leader of this thing. And it's like, they aren't an original member, but they are the first gang member. Yeah. Uh, like, I think that's a really interesting thing. You know, you, you have some sort of, you know, something that's all talk. And mm-hmm. then someone joins who is all action and it's like, uh-oh, uh, we're in over our head. Yeah, it's like we didn't uh, realize people like this existed. Do we all have to do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it was just a joke. We weren't serious. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I am like, you know, am, uh, for years we've been, we, you know, been stealing candy from the gas station, but this kid brought a gun and is holding them up now. <laughs> he wants like, the uh-oh. money. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the, anything else that I think I could say is kind of speculation, but the part that I really liked was the kind of idea. Well, I guess that one now, since I just realized it, like, that's a cool phenomenon. Mm hmm. You know, it's something interesting that happens. And, you know, also you can invert that where it's like you could create something, you know, that's that's good. That kind of feels like the people that are a part of it aren't really getting much done. But then someone could join that, like, you know, takes it the rest of the way there. Right. That can be a good thing. They were the missing piece. Yeah. They're kind of the thing that catalyzes it. Uh, And then. The uh, other thing being, you know, the fighting kaiju was the first time Minami felt like her life was normal. Mm-hmm. And it was because I think it was the first time she kind of had a routine that she was like engaged in. And that she had a purpose. Because yeah, like, like, not only did she have the, the kaiju fighting purpose, but she also found the purpose of figuring out like what her relationship with her sister was going forward. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it was directly or indirectly the thing that got her there was, you know, basically becoming a superhero, Mm -hmm. which is what I think is interesting and not done very often. Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm more of a fan or I've, I think I've grown into more of a fan of stuff like my hero academia, where the superhero part comes before the origin story where Hmm. it's like Deku just wants to be a superhero. Like it's just what he wants to do. He doesn't have some, you know, dramatic inciting incident, you know, like Batman has his parents killed. Uh, Spider-Man has uncle Ben. Yes. Like there's this sort of, uh, tragic or not you know spider-man has the has uh the uncle ben thing happens and then he gets uh or no it's the opposite yeah he gets bit by the radioactive spider then uncle ben happens yeah there's there's a there's a tragic event that catalyzes them becoming a superhero not them deliberating to be a superhero and then gaining the abilities afterwards yeah like the only thing that I can think of, uh, aside from like my hero, the only thing I can think of offhand is kick ass. <laughs> yeah, the, well, yeah, that kind of doesn't have. He kind of just wanted to be a superhero. 
Mm-hmm. And then he gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I mean, I'm, that the, the, there's other more tragic things that happen in the story. Right. But, like, that, that part was really, like... <laughs> Also, hey, that's another thing where it's like, eh, he was just kind of doing this, and then, you know, Big Daddy and Hit Girl are, are the Shizumu. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, we're doing this for real now. We've got a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we are systematically executing the criminal <laughs> underground of this city now, whereas you were just kind of stopping robberies <laughs> with some batons. Baton. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of finding out that I might I, I kind of like that one more just because, you know, it seems like it's a more practical story to get involved in. Mm-hmm. And also it is it feels like more of a vehicle. Well, I mean, X-Men is like this. It's more of a vehicle for like having a bunch of heroes, you know, a bunch of Nakama mm-hmm. without having, you know, get this character's tragic backstory that explains why they're, why they are on this journey. It's like, nah, they're just, you know, they want to be a superhero too. And these are their powers. Yeah. They're all striving and they've got their differences to work out, but they want to be here. Yeah. I I think I, I think I kind of prefer that one. That isn't to say the other one is uh, fake because I mean that right there, that's the monomyth. Where it's like mm-hmm. something like rips you out of the peaceful, carefree world you were in in childhood and like, you know, brings you face to face with like mortality. So now, you know, you have to go on the hero's journey and, and bring something back. But yeah. uh, not to say that the other one doesn't do that, like the My Hero and X-Men format. It, mm-hmm. it certainly isn't that it doesn't do that. It's almost like X-Men is the ongoing hero's journey project of professor X. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, he, he has a moment where he's like, I want to create a place for all of the mutants to come and kind of like be able to do something productive with their gifts and, you know, not, not turn their back on the world that thinks they're, you know, strange or, you know, abominations or whatever. Yeah. So you could say that, but I mean, it really is less focused on Professor X, and it's more focused on the other X Men, younger or older. And I don't know. I mean, I think there's a reason that X Men became the most popular superhero comic uh, around the '90s, and it kind of stayed Marvel's comic, like it's its mainstay. Uh, the Avengers becoming a thing was kind of because, well, the more talented movie makers have the rights to that one. Right. That's the one that kind of like took off financially. Yeah. It, that one had the talent in the moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas the X-Men side of things didn't quite have the talent that the MCU did. So like the Avengers becoming more prominent than the X-Men in the film space was kind of just because of that mainly. Whereas I think if you had, you know, Kevin Feige having X-Men from the start, I'm pretty sure he'd start with X-Men because that's the one that seems to bring the most people in. Yeah. And uh, I mean, my hero academia is crushing all of American comics now. Like it's basically become the new X-Men. And I'm saying in America, 
My yeah, Hero Academia yeah. is way more popular than anything Marvel or DC are doing. So, hmm. uh, just straight up manga sales. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not even close. Not even close. Jeez. But yeah. Um, are wait, are we talking about My Hero right now? I mean, I guess we could because... The, I guess we are. The The... The thing that stuck out to me most about this episode um, was we kind of just really fluidly ended up talking about that. Yeah, the 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 part like this was my battle cry. This was like the moment that stuck with me after the episode. Like I barely remember any of the rest of it, but it was when Bakugo asked, "How many minutes do we have to wait before we can be real heroes?" Yeah. Like, uh, that was that was the one thing I wrote down. Yep. <laughs> because that was the one thing in the episode that was like, <laughs> it's like you guys, you, what was it? It was like you just got your licenses 20 minutes ago you've, or something. You've only had these for 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 minutes. Yeah. And then they're like immediately breaking up some big heist. Yeah, that uh, was uh, kind of a uh, book to a story I had forgotten about. Which is the fact that uh, Todoroki and Bakuko kind of got held back. Yeah, I, I had totally forgotten until they were like, oh, yeah, you haven't gotten your licenses yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh, right, because <laughs> it kind of felt like they were already more interesting than the rest of Class A. Right. <laughs> it's like I already consider these as the most fully realized heroes. Yeah, this episode was really just like a like a die down of that first arc and it it was really it was it was really just like them debriefing on Deku's power and whatever. And I I mean of course I enjoy Bakugo being involved in those conversations because he's the one who knows. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um yeah, that that moment at the end with Bakugo and Todoroki, it was like, that was the moment that I will remember from this episode. The other parts is like, yeah, I'll remember those if they come up later on. But <laughs> I, I like the part where Bakugo realizes that Todoroki's kind of thick. Like Todoroki just does not realize what's going on right in front of him. Yes. Something that Bakugo figured out way before him. And Bakugo is just watching it happen like, okay, how are you not at least a little suspicious? Like, like Todoroki just believes everything he's told. It's like, you don't realize that those are two different abilities. <laughs> he, well, like Deku has like a really weak lie and Todoroki just buys it. Yeah, completely just, just hook line and sinker face value it could be because bakako i think is less trusting of people so that makes him like more likely to figure out when they're lying to him right. and you know todoroki is maybe just as trustworthy as a normal person would be but that scene <laughs> and I, I like i think just the the framing and the juxtaposition of bakako like staring at him like a mouth agape <laughs> like <laughs> dude <laughs> Come on. You don't even realize. <laughs> I, I like Bakugo at this point is kind of just amazed that he's having to keep this up. Like keep up the charade. 
He's like, how do I know this? And everyone doesn't. Uh, further establishing that Bakugo is not an idiot. Yeah. He's just he very knows, emotionally insecure. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's kind of only his one flaw is the fact that he's uh, uh, he has a fragile um, like he's 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 the Raphael of this group yeah. where it's like if Raphael wasn't like kind of sensitive, then he would easily he would handily replace Leonardo. Yeah, but he isn't. <laughs> so he kind of just has to be the best at everything but being the best. <laughs> yes, that's a good way of putting it. I don't know if there's much else to talk about with my hero. It was very much, you know, eh, here's an episode of the superhero show. Yeah, it's like I, I'm still enjoying it. It's just not much is going on. I will say, save for the whole uh, one for all mysterious stuff going on and the kind mm -hmm. of development of that and then figuring out how that works. This whole first arc was pretty dull, I have to say. Yeah. I liked just... everything with Shinso. That was yeah. kind of cool. It was fun to but... watch, but it was irritating when you, like, especially that that episode where they burned all the budget on Ida and Todoroki, and it was like, but we're, yeah, we're it was about like... to have the... All right. <laughs> It's like we've got three way more interesting things going on right now that I'd rather be focused on. And we're just not. Yeah. Like we simply just are not focused on them when they are even off camera, more interesting than what is happening on camera. Like the Endeavor thing, the Hawks thing and the one for all thing. And we're yeah. sort of doing one of them. Mm. Uh, this has been not okay. Not as frustrating as the uh, Shie Hasaikai, you know, the overhaul no. arc. It's it's not as frustrating or kind of just like okay, come on, just get on with it. Yeah, that one was just boringly slow. This one, th this one that, at least has momentum. It's just not interesting. Yeah, um, this kind of feels like as the seasons have gone on, their first halves have gotten they're not the same it's kind of like uh because the end of season four i thought was great mm -hmm. like the stuff to the festival gentle and gentle criminal, criminal. Yeah. i mean still still the best villain but yep. uh like the beginning of season two and season three really felt pr like solid and then they end even better mm -hmm. whereas mm, Season four and season five has just really kind of felt like, yeah, that's kind of on in the background. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the pattern repeats itself now that I, I know that it has otherwise repeated itself. Hopefully, you know, the second half is the good part. Right. The meat. Uh, that, so I guess that's uh, about to start soon. I don't know. Is this a uh, are they going to do a midseason finale this time as well? Where it's like we're not we're gonna have a hiatus. I actually didn't look into that. Maybe I, I should. didn't look into that either. Yeah. Because uh, it might turn out that we are only talking about the finales next. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I don't know where I would find that information, but 
I don't remember. I don't even remember which episode number this is, but this season is going to be 25 episodes. So it's not a clean midpoint. And uh, I don't think it's quite there. Right. You don't think that it's quite at midpoint? No, 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 no. It's it's I think we're only on like episode eight or nine. Okay, cool. At the most. I, I can't imagine it being higher than that. So I I don't know if it's going to be as formulaic as the previous seasons. It could be, you know, there's not like a clean half point mm-hmm. and there aren't, you know, like sort of two arcs, two major arcs. It could just be different. Uh, so maybe this kind of, you know, gets its momentum back a little bit earlier than the other ones. We'll see. Yeah. Once again, speculation. Yeah. My my main takeaway from uh, this arc, other than, you know, the sort of in limbo one for all stuff, is that like Bakugo having the scene where he's like working in tandem with a team and is like has been once again completely misunderstood by his enemies. Right. I and loved and his it. allies. Yes. <laughs> It's like I, I love to see that, and then uh, I, I'm not exactly sure if um, this whole thing with one for all, or I mean, yeah, this whole thing for, for with one for all with the extra powers, would that mean that uh, this is actually after Heroes Rising? Because he didn't have any of that stuff in Heroes Rising. Oh no, he does talk about in this where he's like, it's kind of retreated back into him for now. Yeah, and because he he kind of thought to himself um, that he wasn't going to be able to use it for a long time. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that would tell me that by the time Heroes Rising comes around, it's like at least his his classmates and Deku know that this is how Bakugo is. Yeah, and oh, also. Um Bakugo would have had to have his provisional license before that movie. He what? He would have had to have his provisional license before the movie. You're happened. right. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the movie was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means that in that moment, people already knew this is actually how Bakugo operates. Right. Where like the reason he was slacking off and not doing any, you know, rescuing cats out of trees on that island was because he's like. You know, you guys know what I'm for. Right. (laughs) So I'm just going to wait until there's a problem. Boy, howdy, was there a problem? (laughs) Oh, yes. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about next? Megalobox. Wait, that's all we have left. That's all we have left. (laughs) I was going to say something about Dinozenon, which I had to do with Galma. Do -hmm. you think Galma just dies at the end? Because he does kind of feel like he, he's almost this kind of, uh, uh, he's like a fragment. Like he, he's kind of, you know, he, he's the, um, the, the wizard or like the he's wise a mirror. person. He's a mirror. He's a mirror. Huh? He, uh, don't, so, don't say he's he, a mirror again. You have to explain yourself. So he, he, they, they said in this episode that. Um, this 5,000 year old mirror like got up and pretty much walked out of a museum and like they're speculating both uh, Yomagi and um, Minami they were speculating that 
that was Galma. And it kind of makes sense since this entire time Galma is just like helping people realize who they are. And he's just a mere... But it would make sense that now that his job is done, that people have realized who they are and where they're going from this point forward, that he would die. So I, I think he might... I don't know if he died at the end of this episode, but... Is he going to do the Obi-Wan thing where, like, the whole reason he's here is to stir up trouble and then ghost? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, then where did he come from originally in his, like, flashback? I have no clue. This is... The, I, I guess this is a bit Was he of... turned into a mirror? <laughs> Maybe Some old gypsy He slighted her And she cast a spell on him After he died <laughs> She was very bitter Very petty Very very petty Old old, old evil witch lady Yeah I uh, I think that I totally would... did not remember that The, the 5000 year old mirror thing Yeah I know Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't remember that. I mean, it sounds like that's where they're going with it. So uh. yeah, yeah. I I don't know how he got turned into the mirror, but they're speculating that that was him. So I'm like, I I guess if they're bringing it up. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I mean, in that case, then Galma is not. You know, you don't have to explain how he got turned into it. I guess. Yeah. Um. I tend to not like it when people over explain that stuff. So I'd be fine if it was just like, yeah, Kalma would just, he existed to reflect these people's like inner selves. Right. But yeah. even then I'm not a hundred percent like convinced that that's what it was. It was kind of like Galma and the Kaiju eugen eugenicists kind of forced them all into this uh, adventure or whatever. Yeah. And also Galma, like it was implied that he had some kind of adventure he was going on, but then they're kind of just like, well, yeah, I guess I'm not going to see her. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's yeah, that was extremely the... unsatisfying. Yeah. Like what, what the heck I've been waiting for like whatever that resolution was. <laughs> yeah. Guess I'm <laughs> not going to get it. If it goes unresolved, that will be pretty disappointing. Anyway, uh, on to Nomad. Yeah. Boy, are things a mess. There's a lot of chaos. Yes. I, I do like how Joe had the dirty little idea of, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wear gear with a symbol on it that will traumatize this poor man. <laughs> What a genius little devious plan he has. Because, <laughs> like, of course, Joe doesn't know this, but like, right. uh, Mac, like, destroying that hummingbird book when he has one of his, like, episodes or whatever. I have a feeling that's going to, like, trigger something in the fight. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it'll either trigger Mac time or it's just going to be like, oh, no. I'm a terrible person, and then that gives Joe an opening. That's how you do it, baby. Yeah, mental warfare. 
<laughs> just, Joe just has no idea that the thing he's about to walk in there with is going to make this man have PTSD. <laughs> the way to go, Joe. You go get him. The it was just like it was gut wrenching watching the the interaction between Mac and his and his son. Like that was just like yeah. Uh, I think everything was gut wrenching. Oh, like yeah. that was that was heartbreaking. But then like the whole thing where like his wife's been keeping all this stuff from him, mm-hmm. and like the fact that uh, him getting the surgery was the payment for getting their son the organ, and like yeah. M- Mac didn't know about that. Uh, and but then he, pay- the, he was the one who paid. Yeah, and it, it was like. Before it was like, oh, we're going to give him this experimental surgery because he's a hero. But it was like, no, this was a, a, a price you paid was to get this surgery. And she tells him, like the doctors were telling me, you maybe could have recovered without it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, no. And then when he goes to talk to the um, the Roscoe CEO guy, which I can never remember the name of. Yeah. that dude. When he goes to talk to him. And the guy's like, I just assumed you knew. I mean, your wife knew, your husband and wife. I, why would I assume you didn't know about that? Who's was like, he kind of goes to confront this guy. And he's like, what? Yeah. Like, I thought you knew this was part of the arrangement. I, I do like how he has not gone full villain. He's very much in this gray area where like, you know, he's doing things for the greater good. And uh, he's talking about, you know, this is going to save so many lives, you know, clouded by by the fact that it doesn't seem to be working correctly. Mm-hmm. But as far as he's concerned, it's like, eh, you know, that's details like he's already decided this is going to, you know, give a bunch of people the ability to walk again. So, right. He's, you know, he, we'll, we'll figure out the bugs. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's the whole thing where it's like it's corrupted by the fact that he needs to sell this to the military to justify all that's gone into it. So yep. if you let the truth out, the, the way he's kind of uh, convinced himself is if the truth gets out, then millions of lives don't get saved. By, you know, the military making this profitable and then, you know, now I can sell it to the common man. He's got all that in his head, but it's corrupting the actual truth of the matter, which is you're putting the cart before the horse. Right. And you're, you know, you're, you're kind of becoming a villain of sorts. Yeah, you're becoming, before a, villain, you even, becoming a villain of negligence. Yes. Uh, and, you know, there's this quite a tragedy going on with this uh man's family that you know you're kind of using as the guinea pig for this thing yeah so you you know how much destruction is uh not too much destruction which at this point i almost think nothing could convince him otherwise yeah like it's like everything is like well this is all for this thing I'm trying to accomplish. And it's like, well, what if it turns out it does more harm than good? And he doesn't seem to think that that could happen. Right. He's only looking at the, the positive impacts that it could have. 
Yep, the eye is on the prize. In the prize alone. He also, uh, when he has that kind of, um, when he confronts Yukiko Shirado, mm-hmm. or it's like, oh, a little surprise visit. And he's like chastising her up on stage while they're smiling. And it's like this, this, uh, whole like Bond villain thing he's doing. He's, yeah. he's pretty good at it. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's he's a good charismatic uh, villain of circumstance. Yes, I, I really like the um, I really like the way he hasn't turned out to just be some you know mustache twirling. Yeah. Yes, I, I do like how that has not happened because it's a realistic villain mm-hmm. where it's like uh, no, this is actually how this happens. You know, this is how Mark Zuckerberg becomes the enemy of humanity that he is. <laughs> like, this is how this happens. You know, this is how, uh, what's his name? Klaus Schwab, the great reset guy. It's like, yeah, this is how real supervillains actually are. They actually think that they're saving the world. Right. Uh, and you know, the, the whole, you know, uh, the Ryan Johnson way of looking at that is, well, anyone who is trying to save the world is secretly a villain. And it's like, mm, no, I don't want to agree with that. No, That's a little like uh, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, you know, the, the whole thing where this thing that Mac has got himself caught up, to, caught up in is like the perversion of the dream that, Joe has inspired other people with. And I'm glad that they call back the whole story with chief that he had before he came back home, Mm -hmm. because that's the kind of the, um, the flip side of what's going on with Mac now, because Mac being inspired by Joe, you could say has led to all of this heartache, but it's, it's like the dream that Joe gave other people also turned into like these, Massive net positives in right. other scenarios. Right. So. Thought that was cool to bring up. I also like how he's taking that gear in to his last fight. What he calls his last fight. We'll freaking see. Like, how, <laughs> ma- how many boxers have said that? You're a warrior, like, Joe. <laughs> right. And also the <laughs> fact that Liu is still going to want to fight him. Right. When Liu gets back, like that is what's motivating Liu. So it's kind of like, I mean, dude, if Liu has a full recovery, you're going to think you owe him that. You're going to fight that's him going again. to make you happy. Right. Yeah. It's going to make you happy that you owe this guy this fight. So, yeah, I like how amidst that whole speech where he's like being honest and coming clean about everything. It's like, wow, that was a lie. <laughs> even if you don't know it, that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, even, even if you don't know better, everyone in here is just going to be polite and nod. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just say, we'll let you figure that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, like the shot that it ends on, which is like the it, it's like the night before the fight and Mac just feels trapped. Yeah, like he doesn't want to do this. But he kind of feels like it's the only thing he can do. Gosh, man, that that scene where he, she's like, 
when Mac and his wife are like, she's comforting the boy and it shows like the scene of him like speeding out of their house in that car. Yeah. And then it's cutting back to like the, the scene beforehand progressing where she's like revealing these things to him. And it's like, at first you think, Oh, he's going on. Like he, he's like having to, um, uh, blow off steam. Mm-hmm. Cause of like, you know, the, the, the trauma of his son, like seeing him as an, as a threat to him. Uh, and then like it it starts, I I loved like it keeps cutting back to him, like speeding down the highway and it's like, Oh no, he might get himself hurt because he's emotional for this reason. But then like you keep getting more details and it's like, Oh, he's going to meet the Roscoe CEO. He's like tracking that guy down. Yeah, at first I was I was really worried. I I, I keep getting worried that it's gonna do the thing where like Mac does something heinous, un, like that he can't control. Oh yeah, I, but I'm so glad that they're not doing that. They they found something a lot more interesting, mm-hmm. which is uh, ironically way less satisfying before the fight, where it's just like. Th- the the world of chaos that Mac is in right now, mm-hmm. it's like, what, what is he fighting for? And he can't get out of the fight. Yeah. Like, he has to fight, but, like, the uh, the CEO guy, his, his, like, he kind of sweet talks him, but the fact that he bought everything he said made it to where it kind of worked. Right. Like, he actually believed everything he was saying, so Mac's like, uh, okay, well, I guess I'm going through with the fight, but like, it's like he's not going to go home before the fight, so he's going to be completely disoriented in some way, which makes me think <laughs> seeing that hummingbird on that gear is going to like immediately trigger Mac time, Make and this is going to get brutal really quick. Yeah, and I mean, you know, them them saying, uh, I, I almost think that Joe kind of fainting. And, mm-hmm. and then like you know not really knowing what caused it and you know so they don't have to commit to you know th- this is like you know this is a reason joe needs to pull out of the fight like they don't know what's wrong with him mm-hmm. <sighs> just the painkillers or whatever yeah or you know just you know one of the many injuries that boxers get over time right uh you know the whole thing with mac or not mac uh chief Right. Like he didn't wake up the next day because of a head injury that we just didn't quite know that he had brain damage. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that becomes, you know, the reason they think they're worried Joe could die in the next match. Whereas, yeah. I mean, we've kind of known this whole time Joe might die in the next match. Right. <laughs> it's just now the people around him have been given a different reason to worry that might happen. Because, yeah. uh, you know, d- m- RoboCop, <laughs> when you're stepping into the ring with RoboCop. <laughs> He's, he literally was a cop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he, you know, he was rebuilt. Right. This, this is kind of a situation where it's like, um, uh, hopefully this thing doesn't go rogue and, you know explode Joe's skull. <laughs> but uh yeah, speculation at that point. Yeah. 
I didn't really have a pop off in this one. It was kind of just like, oh, drama. Right. Oh, suspense. <laughs> it got real tense. <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited yeah. for this next episode, though. I wonder, I, I think it'll be interesting which finale commands us to talk about it first and with the most enthusiasm because they real are they really are kind of all going up against each other for yeah. next week yeah and with all a bunch of different tones <laughs> yeah i mean totally different scenarios yeah like with backrow it's them like th- them taking it to the home turf of the enemy it's like they're the initiators and then it's like we're, we're you know gonna go to the the pits or you know go to the heavens and you know uh remove the problem and you know we'll try to be peaceful if we can with dinazenon it's like this is happening to us and we're having to just react yeah it's like a retaliation <laughs> yeah uh and then with megalobox it's like survive well, but but one of them doesn't know it's survival. Right. In fact, neither of them really, uh, like, I, I would say Mac probably doesn't realize how much of a danger he is to the other fighters because he seems like a good enough guy to where he thought, if he, if he thought he might potentially, you know, kill the other fighter without him even knowing about it, he probably would pull out of the fight. That right. would probably be enough to convince him. Right. So neither of them really know what they're walking into. They both think, you know, it's it's a match. It's a boxing match. It's sport, but it's way beyond that now. Yeah, there's a lot of dramatic irony going on, and there's a lot of um, stakes that no one involved quite understands. Mm-hmm. Like no one in this situation, except for maybe the uh, Yukiko's brother. Like he's the only one that probably has a good idea of what can come of this. Yeah, because everyone else is just kind of like. Yeah, everyone. Well, and also he's the one that knows about the problems with the chip. Right. And is trying to tell other people who are all just like, ah, it's just speculation. These are all lies. <clears throat> and uh, I do think that the, the CEO guy, I do think he thinks that they're at least exaggerations, mm-hmm. you know, because someone's trying to stop him do a hit from piece. saving the world. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Uh, not really much else to say. Yeah. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so next uh, week uh, we'll be talking about those finales, and if my hero has an episode, we might get to it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it has. Um, but <laughs> it might not be enough for us to talk about it. To be honest, right? <laughs> might just decide how we need some extra room for the finales. But uh, yeah. Jobs are good, and yeah, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, killing people is bad. We don't really have a story that's like, you know, the, the, the struggle with you know how you deal with evil. It's like, do you kill the baddies? Because you know, Dinazenon's the, the, the kaiju, it's big old monsters. Yeah, back arrow. I mean, e- even if you do end up fighting this thing, it's like. It's it's something that is not human necessarily. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe we just don't know yet. But yeah, it's it's almost like a fighting an eldritch horror. <laughs> it's like you're just fighting an infinitely large thing. It's 
hard to personify that. Yeah, we're not really in conflict. We're, we're, we aren't really having the Batman conflict or, or the Avatar Aang conflict. Right. In any of these, so. But nonetheless, killing people is bad. <laughs> A wise man once said. <laughs>